Well, take your Bibles and turn to Ephesians chapter 5. We're going to take a little break this week from 1 Timothy and we'll start up again next week. But on this day that we call Valentine's Day, which is, at least in, in this year, is the Lord's Day, we're going to give a great emphasis to something that God gives great emphasis throughout the Scripture, and that is love. The world makes love into something that it is. And how do we know whether love is what it should be or not? As we watch things in the media, as we watch love stories and, and uh, romance movies, as we watch the commercials and our sitcoms, as we read different stories, how do we know whether it's true love or if it's not the love that Christ showed, it is not true love? The Lord Jesus Christ is the great example of what love truly is. The great example of what tr- love truly is. The Lord Jesus Christ never had a sexual relationship, so sexual relationships do not have to have anything to do with love. By the way, that's true. Much of those things that are going on around the world this very day have nothing at all to do with love. And yet that's what so much of what the world makes love out to be. We live in a world that makes love into very a very small thing. I want you to know love is more than a card of Valentine's Day or, or chocolates or really any gift that we can give that we can buy with money. Now, it is a good thing to buy those that you love gifts. But love is greater than that. And it should be bigger than that between ourselves. And by the way, I want you to know that love is not exclusive between a man and a wife. The Lord Jesus Christ Loved the ladies in his life who were not his wife. He was not married. By the way, Jesus was never married. He loved the men in his life with a great love. He died for them and he died for the ladies too. And he died for you and he died for me. And so today we want to look at love in the Scripture. Our great example is the Lord Jesus Christ. And we need to understand that we are not what we should be when it comes to love. Only Jesus is. And so we're going to look at love today and and understand how it is that we are to love. What is God looking for us to get to? What is His desired end in love? Believe me, we cannot reach our desired end without love. We need to be loved and we need to be those that love. If we can, if we do neither, we will not reach where God would have us to be. For perfect love cast without fear. But God wants us to, to understand that there is a love that we should walk in and continue in, increase in, abound in, be fervent in, unfeigned in, and have a perfect love in the end. This is not a message for married couples. Though married couples, it would be a, a great help if you listened. This is not a 
message for engaged people or those that are dating others. But I promise you, if you were to, to take hold of the principles that you find in here, it will do great, a great good for your relationship. This is a message for each and every one of us, for God wants us to love. And He wants us to be loved. In the Scripture, when we speak of love, we are speaking of that which is not an emotion, but we can do it with all the emotion that is within us. But the word love has to do with a willingness to do what is best for the other person, even at your own sacrifice. And even if that sacrifice is the ultimate sacrifice, which of course none of us have had to do in this room, but the Lord Jesus Christ did. He gave Himself for us because He loves us. Love in the Scripture has nothing to do with the way the other person treats you. It has everything to do with what you are willing to do for the other person. And if you come to a place of perfect love, you are in a place of safety. And we should be safe in our love. By the way, I want you to know, and we'll, we'll speak about this in a second, but, but are we safe in the love of Christ? What can take away that love? What can keep Him from ever loving us less? Nothing. That is why perfect love casteth out fear. We'll see that. How many of you, how many of you, um, have one of the new fitness trackers? A Fitbit or, or a, a, a Jawbone or one of those? How many, I know Sue does. Sue loves hers. Sue has hers on now, right? Casey, you got yours on? No, don't have yours on. Okay. My, I've got my watch. It's keeping track. I'm up to 4,462. That's why I'm walking around while I preach. All right? So, I was, she was telling me the other day, she says, yeah, Bill said, why don't you get one piece of wood at a time and bring them in? I said, okay. And so she went at it. So I think averages over 17,000 steps a day. and I, 34,000 steps a day. So I'm... I'm not there yet. I'm, I'm glad just to reach my goal of 10,000. But why do we get these things? What do we get them for? What's the, what's the, what's the main goal? That we walk, right? That we, it gets us out and walking. And, uh, if you do, if you look there in Ephesians chapter 5, Ephesians chapter 5, oh, that we would get hold of this. <laughs> God does not want our love to be something that we do every once in a while. God wants us to walk in love. The Bible says that God is love. That is because everything that He does comes out of love. We could not write down with all the paper the world has ever produced everything that God has done because He loves. But the ultimate goal for each and every one of us is that we become a people who love. 
You see, if God is love, I want you to understand God's desire for us is that we are love as well. But there's one thing that gets in the way, and that's me. Because it's really not that I love myself. Love is the wrong word. It's that I'm selfish. And myself gets in the way of me being love for those that are around me. I expect them to love me. But because of my pride and selfishness, I do not expect myself to love them. God is love. He loves at every moment of every day. We should desire to be as He is. That everything we do is motivated from love. We'll never be able to love the way God does. God is omnipotent, all-powerful, all-knowing. He is many things that we can never be. But the truth is, is our love is definitely deficient. But it doesn't have to be as deficient tomorrow as it is today. And today our love doesn't need to be as deficient as it was yesterday. Because if we know the God who is love, we can become more and more like Him. And that is His desire, that our lives are lived in such a way that we do what we do because we love. Why do we love? Because He loves us. Why do we do what we do? Because the ultimate one loves us and gave Himself for us. And so you look at Ephesians chapter 5, starting in verse 1, it says, Be ye followers therefore of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and hath given Himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be named once among you as become as saints. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. God says, walk in love, as Christ also hath loved us. Would you pray with me? Father, I ask today that you would please take these words and use them to have their impact in our lives. That we would leave this place not thinking that we have arrived, but that You would help us to see where we have fallen short in our love for one another. That we might love as You love us. That we might love one another as You love us. And Father, we know that we cannot love as perfectly as You. But I pray that that would not keep us in the darkness of selfishness and say, because I can never be, I never will. But that we learn to be fervent in our love for one another. And so please, please help us. Guide me as I preach. Help me to say the things that You would have me to say. And use Your Word to have its full full impact. Change us, Father, we pray. In the Lord Jesus Christ's name, Amen.
our God wants us to walk in love. He says, Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children and walk in love. In other words, what he's saying is, is, is he says, I want you to be followers of God, therefore walk in love. You see, if we are going to follow God, how are we going to follow Him? Well, we're going to follow Him in love. Isn't that right? The word, when we speak about following God, we're talking about following God in the way that He does things in the world. He wants us to partner with Himself so that we can go out and be used of Him in the world and amongst each other in a world that so desperately needs to see love. Um, that we're able to go and, and, and be with God as He loves the world, loving, uh, loving as well. He wants us to follow and follow God and therefore walk in love. We get these fitness trackers so that we can understand how many steps we've taken and understand we're, we need to keep walking, we need to keep walking, we need to keep walking. God wants us to walk in love. In other words, he doesn't want us to say, well, today I'll love, tomorrow I'll rest. You know, this hour, this hour is for sitting on the couch, putting up my feet and eating popcorn and, and, uh, and, and, uh, cheese it, right? And then next hour, that's, I'll put my watch back on, I'll start, I'll start walking again. Um, he wants us to live our lives in such a way that, that we are with Him doing what He would have us to do at every moment and in any moment of the day. He wants us to walk in love. In other words, He wants our lives to be in such a, such a, 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 a frame that we are with Him doing as He would have us to do at any point. Now this doesn't mean that we don't lay on the couch and take a nap. It doesn't mean that we don't go to sleep at night. But it means that we are not living our lives with no thought no thought at all of what God would do in the world and everything God does, He does because He is love. That means as we wake up in the morning and our children begin to arise and, and uh, we found out, uh, like we did a couple times this week, that our littlest one sneaks into our, our bedroom. I tell, I tell my wife, why don't we lock the door tonight? Well, Chloe's going to knock and we're going to have to get up. Well, Chloe's potty training. You know what that means? Several times this week, we woke up wet. That's what that means, right? And so we wake up wet. I wake up wet. And, and listen, when I wake up wet, how does God want me to walk as I'm up? In love. Right? In love. The problem is, is that so often we're not walking with God. We're not walking in love. And so when it comes time to love, we in fact don't love. In fact, we're in danger of hating. Right? We're in danger of, uh, of waking up and going crazy. Right? I'm wet! Chloe, get out of here! Get out of here! Right? That's what we're in danger of because we're not walking with God. We're not walking in love. It becomes all about who? What gets in the way 
of me loving. Me. Right? Me. Now, that means that we've got to pray through and figure out what God wants us to do to keep our bed from getting wet. Alright? There's only so much laundry I'm willing to do. Alright? But in a way that loves Chloe. In a way that loves Chloe. Right? And, and there may, there may come a day where she's changing my sheets because I wet the bed. And so I want to be sure that I'm taking care of her now. And I want her to love me then. Right? But God wants us to walk with Him. You, you get what I'm saying? God wants us to be with Him everywhere He's going for us. Right? God is everywhere. We're in one place, but we're His. And we can do what is best for another person at any point. Because we are loving because He first loved us. Turn to John chapter 15. He wants us to walk in love. God wants us to continue in love. This means the word continue, the word continue um, has the, the implication of motion. Now, of course, when we walk, we are in motion. And so as we begin to walk, we're in motion, we're walking in love, and God continues to walk, and what does God want us to do? He wants to continue in love. He wants us to continue walking with Him, but here's the one thing that we need to always understand about love. Sometimes it is easy. Most of the time, it is hard. Right? Why do we get the Fitbit? You know why? Walking is hard. It is not something that we would, at least if you're like me, naturally do. And so we get the step counter and say, alright, let's walk and, and that'll give us some motivation. And when it gets hard, you can get them to where every hour, what do they do? They buzz to remind you, get up and walk. Right? Mine buzzes all the time. Right? I'm like, shut up! But the truth is, is that, that especially if you're not in the habit, if, it, if it's not something that becomes a part of you, Walking is hard, and, and it, it's easier to sit. It's easier to sit. Now, we're becoming a society that is really concerned about fitness, and that's a good thing in a lot of ways. God wants us to be fit in love. And He wants us to be willing to say, you know what, I know it's hard to love right now. But guess what I love? Therefore, you can love as well. Because I love you. And God says, by the way, the one that's hard that's hard to love, I love them too. You can love them. This is true in any relationship. Husband and wife, are there going to be times where it's easy to love? Sure. Right? Easy to love. You're giving gifts. You, it's Valentine's Day. You go out for dinner. Have a nice meal. You know, the kids have a babysitter, and it's easy to love. 
But the truth is, as much of the time, it's not. And I want you to consider this. When does God love you? All the time. You say, but God loves me when I'm in church. And I'm singing with all my heart, with all the zeal that I can muster. And I love God. Guess what? God loves you the same when you are as far away from Him as you think you could be. He loves us when we are on the highest mountain as close as we might ever be to Him. Or at least we think. By the way, we'll never be so close as that day we see Him. And then we'll be as close to Him as we will always be. I long for that day that I get to see the Lord Jesus Christ. And that day may come soon where He comes and takes us all away. And I pray that it comes. Lord Jesus, come. The truth is, is that we are so often not very close to Him at all. And yet, guess what? He loves us. Just as He did. We can continue in that love. Notice in John chapter 15. Verse 9, And the Father hath loved me, so I loved you. Continue in my love. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. These things have I spoken unto you, that your joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love is no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends, if you do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth I call you no more servants, for a servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends, for all things that I have heard of my Father I have made, made known unto you. Verse 17, these things I command you, that you love one another. And so, when we are speaking about continuing in the love of God, we're speaking about not just starting the walk, but continuing the walk. You know when it's easiest for me to start walking? At the beginning, right? There have been times where I am, I am full tilt. You know, I'm on the treadmill, I am... I'm walking and I'm, I'm, I'm getting fit. I'll even start thinking, you know, maybe one day I'm going to run a mile. And if I can run a mile, maybe I can run a 5K. I'll even go so far as to say, you know what, if I keep this up, maybe I could run a marathon. Now, I haven't gotten to that mile yet, but one of these days I'm going to get there. And if I can get to a mile, maybe I can get to 26.3. But it's always easy in the beginning. Married people, you know, it's always easy in the beginning. That's why they call it the honeymoon, right? I remember my pastor, he came up to me several weeks. He said, you guys still on the honeymoon? Oh, yes, pastor. It's great. Marriage is the greatest thing that's ever, that's ever happened to me. And it was. But we know that if we are going to love and continue in love, we have to continue in it. We can't quit. We have to continue. By the way, Jesus never quits on us. We have to continue in it. Continue in my love. 
Notice what he says in Hebrews 13. In verse 1, let brotherly love continue. Let brotherly love continue. The exhortation here is, don't quit. If Jesus never quits on you, don't quit on the other person. Don't quit on the other person. One of the greatest problems Christianity has today is that we quit on each other too quickly. We start up, we're great friends, everything's great, we love one another. When it gets hard, when the other person sins against us, when when they do something we don't like, when they don't smell the right way, whatever it is, we say, you know what, it's not worth it anymore. Jesus never gives up on us, and we should never give up on one another. Love covers a multitude of sins. What does that mean? Does that mean that we should just be willing to be walked all over? No, not necessarily. It means this. That we're willing to continue on unto the end. To continue on unto the end. No matter how hard it gets. We live in a society that does not like to do anything that's hard. Anything that's hard. We live in a society where young people are literally being taught If it's not fun, don't do it. They're literally being taught, you're above hard work. You're above hard work. The idea of a a young person getting out and shoveling snow for somebody for no money, doesn't happen. We've gotten to a place where we don't like to do anything hard. And we know it's true. We have made our lives as easy as we can. Love can never be that way. Because love will always needs to have a continuing. We always need to be willing to go forward and do and to love even when it gets hard. And it will always get hard. It will always get hard. Because in this world we will have trouble. Man was born for trouble as the sparks fly upward. Love will always be hard. Love for our spouse, love for our children, love for our neighbor, love for our best friend. But God says you can do it because I love you. And if you walk with me and continue in my love, you can continue in brotherly love. He wants us then to increase in love. Whoa, wait a second. Alright, we're walking, we're continuing. You want me to increase? One of the things that you, that everybody who gets a Fitbit has to learn is that you can begin to walk at a certain pace. Your heart will begin to beat, and you can get your, your, you, you can get your heart beat up, and you're supposed to get your heart beat up while you're exercising, right? But after a few weeks, if you continue at the same pace, guess what? Your heart rate doesn't go up to where it should be. You don't become more fit. Right? You have to increase the intensity. If ever you're going to be able to to keep it up, you have to actually walk faster. And uh, if you've ever tried to exercise for any amount of time, or you 
gotten one of those machines that keep tracks, keeps track of your heartbeat, you know, all right? I get on the treadmill the first time, I put my hands on those little metal things, and my heartbeat is 165, and I'm about to keel over and die. Well, after, after three weeks of doing that pace, I put my hands down, and, and all of a sudden, I can't get above 140. What's going on? I'm, my, my heart's getting stronger, and guess what? I'm still not where I should be. And in our love, we'll never be what, what we should be when it comes to love because we'll never, in this world, love as God loves us. But can we love more? Do you want your marriage to become better and better? Increase in love. John said, John the Baptist said about himself, I must decrease so that he may increase. Every relationship, a relationship of love says this, more and more I must decrease. And this is how far Jesus was willing to decrease. He was willing to become a man to die for me. How far can I go? How low can I go to serve my wife, my children, the brethren of my church? By the way, always remember, when, if I ever I say my church, I don't mean it as if I am the owner but I mean it as I'm a part of. You ought to be able to say, this is my church. I belong. God wants us to increase in our love. If you look in 1 Thessalonians 4, 1 Thessalonians 4, and we're going to move quickly. God wants us to increase. If you look there in verse 9, but as touching brotherly love, you need not that I write unto you, for you yourselves are taught of God to love one another. He says, listen, you know you've been taught love one another. And he's saying this, as far as love, you've loved. And then notice what he says in verse 10. And indeed, you do it toward all the brethren which are in all Macedonia. But we beseech you, brethren, we beg you, we want to give you this exhortation that you increase more and more. Wait a second. More and more? Do you know why we don't want to increase more and more? Because of us. <laughs> we don't want to take that next step. We don't want to go that next mile. We don't want to do it because we want to sit back. Here's the thing. God never turns back. He is always moving forward. And guess what? He wants us to move forward with Him. And He wants us to be willing to move forward to be able to get to that place this is literally the goal. That we do good unto all men, especially unto those who are the household of faith. This is literally the goal. That we continue in good works. That we do that which God would have us to do at every instant. We're not there yet. But we can increase. But that you increase more and more. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, in verse 12, notice what he says. And the Lord make you to increase and abound in love one toward another and toward all men, even as we do toward you. The word abound is very interesting. The word abound means to have extra. It means to have extra. Now, when we're speaking about God, how much extra does He have? 
He's got all of it, right? His extra is as extra as can be. His tank is always full. How many of you say your, your tank's always full? Right? No, of course not. Sometimes we get to the place where we say, I don't want to. I'm done. I'm empty. He wants us to have a little extra. He wants us to have more than we would normally need. We go through a day and, and we have a pattern. How many of you have a pattern in your day? Sure. We have a pattern. We wake up. We do certain things, right? But God always wants us to be ready to do something that we wouldn't normally do. Do you want to show love for someone? Do something that you wouldn't normally do. Something that you always do is great. We ought to, we ought to be part of always having things that we always do. You know, you always wake up in the morning and kiss your spouse as they wake up. Or you don't kiss them because you want, to, you want them to be able to sleep a little more. Whatever your pattern is, it's good. But I want you to know, should, should there be times where we have a little extra? <laughs> well, yeah. We need to always have a little extra in the tank. We need to always have something a little more. We always need to be able to be willing to give a little more. And that will show an incredible amount of love. Have you ever had somebody do that for you? They did something that was out of the ordinary. You knew it took effort. You knew it took work. You know, you knew they gave a little more. And did you feel loved? Did you know you were loved? Yes. We ought to be willing to give a little more when God wants to. By the way, does God give a little more? He's always there ready to do what is best for us. 1 Peter chapter 1. He says He wants us to be fervent in love. 1 Peter chapter 1. Listen real careful. We're almost there. This is so important. In 1 Peter chapter 1. Seeing you have purified your souls to the obeying of truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren. See that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. The word fervent means to, to reach out with a desire to grasp. In other words, that you're, <coughs> you're going to continue to reach out until you get it. It means it's, it's like a runner who is in a race who has got somebody on their heels, right? What does that runner do in order to get over that finish line? They push forward as best they can. Of course, I don't know much about that, but, but you know, you've seen the races. You want to push forward. You want to get everything you've got. That's what real love is. Real love gives everything you've got. For the other person, when it's time to do it. There are going to be times, husbands, that your wife needs you to give everything you've got. That you are literally, well, I used the literally wrong, but where you are reaching forward to do whatever it takes to make sure she makes it through. You have a child. Husbands, be ready to reach. Be ready to reach because your wife is going to need you to give everything you've got. Even when you think you're empty, I want you to know God is never empty and He can give you more. 
There are folks in this room that have been taking care of their parents and you, you say, I've got nothing left. God says, you give everything you've got and I will give you more. Amen. There are going to be times where there's going to be someone who needs you to give everything you've got. And Jesus gave everything He had. Then He wants us to be unfeigned. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, he tells us to have an unfeigned love. By pureness, by knowledge, by long-suffering, by kindness, by the Holy Ghost, by love unfeigned. That means that you're undivided. You're undivided. Brother, I want you to know we can love the TV and the shows on TV. You know why? Because we give ourselves to watching them. There's nothing wrong with watching a TV show. But I tell you what, if your heart is divided between your TV shows and your wife or your children, you have a, you have a fake love. It is not, it is a feigned love. The word unfeigned means undivided. It means sincere. It means not having, uh, not going in two directions. There are things that we have to say, you know what? Unimportant. I don't need to love that. I can love her. I can love him. I'm going to do what's best for them. Unfeigned love is this. Yes, I can see how I can love you. But I really want to do this because I love me. And so, yes, I know you, you'd like me to, to help out a little bit with the kids today. But I want you to know I don't want to, and, and I plan on going to play golf. I plan on uh, sitting on the couch, and if you want me to take care of the kids, fine, but we, uh, we'll put them in their rooms and hope they don't kill each other, right? But we, we, we need to get to the place where we say, you know what? My heart's not divided between what I should love and what I don't need to love. Does that make sense? We need to say, you know what? My priorities are right on. What I'm going to love, I'm going to love with all my heart. Let me ask you, how many of us can say, boy, I'm there. <laughs> Wife, you can look at me. Boy, don't, don't you see it? I'm there. Unfeigned everywhere you can look, right? No. The truth is, the only one who's unfeigned in His love is Christ. But, it is not an excuse to continue in it. And finally, perfect love casteth out fear. I want you to know, in every relationship, we ought to have an assurance because of love that I am there and I'm not going away. Notice what he says, and we'll close. 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4. Verse 17, herein is our love made perfect, that we have made, we may have boldness, we have made boldness in the day of judgment, because as He is, so we are in, in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. We love Him because He first loved us. This is what the love of God leads us to. When we come to know the Lord Jesus Christ, 
The love of God says this. No matter what you've done, where you've gone, whether you've loved me with every part of your being or you failed to love me, I'm yours in your mind. And on that day, you're mine. And you're, you're, there's nothing that can take that away. Do you know what we need to have in every relationship, whether it's with our children, our spouse, our friends, our brethren in the church? We ought to have this assurance. No matter what you've done, or where you've gone, where I've gone, whatever, I want you to know we're safe with one another. And I'm not going away. That's what perfect love does, doesn't it? That is what he's trying to say here. Perfect love casteth out fear. Husbands, you know the greatest fear your wife probably has? That you're going to go away. Love casts that fear away. She doesn't need to have that fear. She can be more afraid of the, whether the doors are locked at night. But I want you to know, many wives live with this fear. My, my husband may go away. He may go away. But perfect love casts that fear out. And that's exactly what Jesus did for us. How many of us who are saved have to fear ever going to hell? But what if you really have a bad day tomorrow? I mean, really bad. I mean, what if you really have a bad day? And you go off your rocker and you do all kinds of things that you know He doesn't want you to do. How much fear do you have to have that you're not going to go to heaven? Guess what? None. Because perfect love casts about fear. You know what's so wrong with Christianity today? We're not working towards that perfect love. Friends get rid of each other as much as in the world. And like I said today in Sunday school, the greatest witness that this world can see is a people that really love one another. May God help us to have that love. We may not be there yet, but we can go forward, can't we? And we can get to that place of perfect love. Let's bow our heads together. I just want to spend a moment. I know I've gone long today. and God so desperately wants us to have this full-grown end result, the finished work of love. But we have no clue what it really means. May God help us to have a true understanding of love. In the quietness of the moment, Maybe God's speaking to you about a very particular thing. It may be something that you have to take care of today. You may be afraid to take care of it. You may be afraid to say the words that are needed. Would you spend some time with God who's able to give you strength? Able to give you the words to say and when to say them? Maybe God's speaking to you about a general thing. A general change that He wants you to make so you can love better in your home, with your neighbors, or your friends, or your co-workers. Would you speak to God 
He's ready to help. His love is perfect. Maybe it's friends at school. He wants you to do something different. Maybe He wants you to go that extra step. Ask the Lord.